This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the breaking news here. The brand new report out on the use of the Federal Emergencies Act during the Freedom Convoy protests in Ottawa last year. This was after the public inquiry into the Trudeau government's use of the emergency powers here. This report by Justice Paul Rouleau, just out. And the conclusion here is that this was reasonable and warranted. So the judge says that it was basically the government met the threshold to yep. invoke these emergency powers. Does this surprise you or not? No, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, if, if, just going back to the testimony we heard in the uh, in the inquiry, uh, the police were paralyzed. Governments were uh, provincial government. It actually takes uh, Ontario Premier Doug Ford to task here for basically abandoning Ottawa, uh, Ottawa's interests. So not surprising that he felt that the use of this act was uh, was warranted. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm glad to see the police coming in for some criticism here because the, well, police, the police was police just, well, the Ottawa police was a total oh, failure. I mean, they knew the convoy was coming and they didn't they didn't take appropriate appropriate steps. No. And then and then that that absolutely useless Ottawa police chief who just mm-hmm. basically threw up his hand and said, "I can't do it." I mean, that was more of the failure right off the bat. Yeah, he faults Ottawa police. He also faults the, the province of Ontario, though. He says, given that the city and its police services were co- clearly overwhelmed, it was yeah. incumbent on the province to become visibly, publicly, and wholeheartedly engaged from the outset. And that didn't happen. Here's the thing, though. Like, I always thought from the start that the Emergencies Act was not really necessary to end this situation because we saw that once the police got their act together... And we had some new federal authorities come in, and new new police officers and new uh, new commanders. Well, they did, were able to clear the streets effectively, but only after the Emergencies Act allowed authorities to get to the bank accounts of the organizers. But did that? But did that really force them to move? Oh, I think so. That, I that, that came was... out of the inquiry that that uh, once the the access to the bank accounts occurred, that that's when the movement started to begin in terms of dismantling this. Ottawa police were, st- were never really part of the solution here. They, 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 you're right. I mean, the police chief was just basically AWOL. Well, I thought it was more like when they finally did remove them through that that police action, when they're going on a grid pattern, moving block by block and, and moving people out, that that was what successfully cleared the, cleared the streets. But and only ended. after, and the, but what happened is, is the resistance disappeared because of the bank account. Because some of the protesters had their bank accounts frozen. Frozen, and there was a significant amount of and so money. They gave fro- up. And they gave up. Okay. So, so, again, this is a justice ruling that it was justified uh, or, and warranted. Yeah, and, and they couldn't have done that without the Emergencies Act being invoked. Well, they freeze the bank account. Who knows? I mean, this was an extraordinary, unprecedented situation. Who knew, yeah. you know, um, it, again, I think the root cause of the failure stems with the Ottawa police not realize or should have known exactly what was coming their way and in some cases if you go back to the reporting we're sympathetic 
with the convoy. They were, sure. The police were, were not taking any action against them. And this justice has ruled that the Emergencies Act, and again, this is the Emergencies Act. This is not the War Measures Act. Yeah. People conflate the two. This is not the act that Trudeau's father brought in in, this, in 1970, which is the War Measures Act. This is a scaled-down version of it. What about the right to peacefully protest in our country? I don't think this, this affects it at all. We have we have the, the but this, this to you like to you this the freedom convoy and what happened here that was not a legitimate I don't think it was legitimate. no I don't think it was I mean it started it, out because, maybe one day yeah. or two days but when you when you basically um, hold a city hostage that's not a protest we have the same people are out here every Saturday in front of the legislature I come down here all the time they're out there in front of the legislature peacefully protesting uh, with their F Trudeau flags. They're anti-vaccine mandate flags, the pro-trucker convoy flags. They're there every single Saturday. And that's fine. And that's allowed. And that's totally allowed. Yeah. And no one, no one bothers them. They don't disrupt the city. They don't hold the city hostage. But if they were suddenly to park trucks in front of the B.C. legislature, yeah. that would hold the city hostage, and that's not going to be allowed. Okay. Get set to call me on that and let me know your thoughts on the Emergencies Act and the Freedom Convoy and that report that is just out here now that the Emergencies Act was justified, according to the judge here, after the public hearings. Okay, let's talk about this interesting development in B.C. politics here, Keith. John Rustad, so the mm. former liberal MLA, he is now a conservative MLA. Let's have a listen to his decision to join the B.C. Conservative Party. The reason I've decided to do this is the same reason why I got into politics, because I see that there is something wrong, and I want to change it, and I want to try to make a difference. Your thoughts? Well, you know, um, it's going to be interesting. We've seen this before. John Van, you know, Kevin Falcon dismissed this as a, you know, not necessarily as a big development. He likened it to John Van Dongen, who, again, quit the B.C. Liberal Caucus and, and declared himself a, a conservative, had absolutely... No impact. Let, let's it. listen to Falcon on that point here. So here is the Liberal leader Kevin Falcon reacting to his former, his own former MLA here, whom he kicked out of the, mm-hmm. the Liberal caucus earlier, joining the Conservative Party here. I think this is a problem for the Liberals here potentially. Here's Falcon talking about it. I remember another John that used to be a member of our caucus that went over and joined the Conservative Party, and we know how that all ended up. That other John was John Van Dongen. He joined the Conservatives from the B.C. Liberals, left again to sit as an independent, and lost in the 2013 election. Your reporter Richard Zussman there at the end. So, yeah, so where the problem for the Liberals is, it's not a province-wide problem. The Conservatives, though, um, and we saw this in the 2020 election, they had so the NDP margin of victory in four ridings in in uh, Langley, uh, in uh, Abbotsford Mission, in uh, Chilliwack, um, and one other one where their margin of victory was not greater than what the Conservatives candidate received in that riding. So the Conservatives conceivably take votes away from the BC Liberals, and they gave four ridings to the NDP last time, and also were a factor in about another half dozen writings. So if the Conservatives' brand gets inflated because of Rustad's move and he gets more publicity, and if he can get one more member of the Liberal caucus to join him, and this was a, sort of a tantalizing tweet put out by the B.C. Conservative Party yesterday saying, stay tuned, um, are they oh. recruiting another one? So under the rules of the Le- B.C. legislature, w- which were changed under the NDP to give the B.C. Greens official party status with just two members, if he was able to get one more liberal to join him, uh, they would become an official party. 
in the BC legislature. And what that means is both of them, if if he gets another one, get a significant salary top up. Rustad would suddenly get a leader's salary, and whoever joins them would get the house leader, uh, the the uh, government house leader's uh, top up, which is about thirty thousand uh, dollars. And they would get staff, they would get office space, they get all these resources that flow to any party that has official party status in the legislature. So indeed, stay tuned on this. Well, here's John Rustad talking about that. And by the way, he's going to be on the show here later. So he's going to be on at 11 o'clock here. So stay tuned for that. But here he is asked yesterday, uh, he was asked, is it possible that some other MLAs could join him in the Conservative Party at the legislature? Here's what he had to say. Certainly, if there are members of the House that are interested, I would be more than happy to have a conversation with them. (laughs) I'm sure he'd be more than willing to have a conversation, given the the dollars that are at stake if they become an official party. Uh, But if they don't become an official party, again, the Liberals have to be concerned. They're they're about to change their name to BC United, get rid of the Liberal uh, brand. Interestingly, a research co-poll out last week showed that, uh, or earlier this week, that poll that said 53% think there's going to be an election. One of the other questions asked, what do you think of the the name change to BC United? And people who identify themselves as B.C. liberal voters in previous elections, 28% of them don't like that name change. Oh. So the liberals have got a bit of an identity um, situation. Are they conservative? Are they liberal? Are they centrist? Rustad now is pushing that he wants to be more conservative. Does, does Falcon tack to the right to get that conservative vote? Does he tack to the middle? Yesterday he said he wants no interest in that. He doesn't think there's a left and right vote in B.C. He says it's all common sense. I'm not sure he's right about that. Does this guy, okay, does this Rustad guy, now that he's a conservative at the legislature, does he automatically get some more profile? Like, is he going to be allowed to ask questions and questions? No, period? doesn't, doesn't okay. change. He, he was able to ask a question this week. Well, I noticed that. Like, he, it, because he's an independent, he gets one every third week or something. Okay. Like, he, there is a limit on what, uh, that was his first question in the session. I don't think he gets another question um, probably for another couple of weeks. The the Liberals, of course, being the official opposition, get the majority of questions. The Green Party gets the third question and the follow-up. Uh, and Rustad, I think, uh, is done. But now, if Rustad gets one more member, yeah. he's on a par with the Green Party. And that they, they would be exactly the same and in terms of profile. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Apologies, Pete. Let's go right to your phone calls. Graham in Delta. Hi, Graham. Go ahead. Hi. I disagree with uh, Keith uh, in his idea of the the convoy. Uh, I I think of the the Extinction Rebellion group that ran around here in Vancouver on a daily basis and shut shut the city down almost street corner by street corner for a week. It's uh, might not not be a comparison. Good afternoon. it went on for more than a week on a day-by-day basis. No. But uh, Extinction Rebellion is just as unsupportable as the Freedom Call. But no one supports shutting down the 
Ironworkers Bridge. Well, Extinction Rebellion have been shutting down some intersections in Vancouver with protests. They block bridges, right? Yeah, for, themselves for, their... for a few hours. And the public does it's not, not like support it. It's not like it went up for weeks. No, not at all. And there's absolutely no tolerance for that amongst the public. Yeah. The public is, doesn't tolerate this type of shutdown. Okay, let's go to Steve in Richmond. Hi, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah, regarding the Emergencies Act and uh, because of what happened in uh, Ottawa and what happened at the borders, thank goodness common sense, intelligence, and true patriotism prevailed. And uh, the uh, uh, the inquiry came out to support the government. And what's particularly aggravating is that the Conservatives under Polyev didn't get behind the government instead of uh, joining the convoyers, didn't get behind the government to put a quick end to that BS. Thank you. Well, I don't think we should expect the opposition to get behind the government on issues. I mean, they have a right to stake out different territories. I think Poliev became uncomfortably close to the trucker convoy, and he's dealing with that as a result. Poliev supported them in in principle on the issue of the vaccine no, Poli- mandates Poliev, at the board. No, hang on a sec. He tried to have posi- it both ways. Hang on a sec. His position was that he did not think that truck drivers who were unvaccinated should have their livelihoods taken away from them. No, it wasn't beyond right? that. That was his, posi- went, that was beyond, his position. No, it wasn't. It wasn't beyond that. He supported the trucker convoy. He tried to have it both ways. He did photo ops with these people didn't talk about the vaccine mandates he talked about just them being allowed to do this and i'm not went, i'm not saying he didn't support the trucker nah, convoy but what i'm holy on this and uh, just don't buy it no Sorry. i'm not so i w- listen I'm, what i'm saying is i think it was reasonable that for uh, it's reasonable to position in canada to say that you were opposed to the vaccine mandates if if it affected your livelihood well, not, there I, were people there were I, people in the con i'm not saying i supported what happened yes, in ottawa did. What you you supported Poliev all along on this? You're always defending him on this. What I'm what I'm saying to you is that for someone who was a truck driver had their livelihood taken away, well, too because, bad because they've decided not to get vaccinated. Well, too bad. I think it's perfectly reasonable for them to, to protest and object to it. That's what I'm saying. You can protest. I'm not saying, I'm not you can't tie I'm, up a city. You can't tie I'm, up a city. I didn't city. support tying up a city. Well, you can, you can have a peaceful protest on this, but to park your trucks for. Days on end to tie up an entire city. I was opposed goes, to that part. Well, Poliev supported that. Did, okay, did this Poli- went beyond support for truckers saying that want, want to be vaccinated so, to supporting this 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 encampment. He supported in the, downtown he supported the entire gridlock of the city yes. and the occupation of Ottawa. By lending his people. name to this, he did, okay. and now he's trying to escape that. Susan in North Van. Hi, Susan. Hi. Are you Go there? Ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Well, gentlemen, quite a lively discussion you just had. Um, first of all, I want to point out that during the um, convoy, they were live streaming themselves. We all saw what was happening. What bothered me the most was the fact that the police went every single day and asked the truckers nicely, please don't honk your horns, please don't honk your horns, please don't honk your horns. And they continued to do it. Juvenile behavior deserves the... Ju- deserves exactly what they just got. Thank you. And I agree with well, the man that phoned before. Thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, again, this report, I think, is going to be quite... I haven't read the whole thing, obviously. We're just getting wisps of, of details in this. But it's going to be critical of the Ottawa police because the Ottawa police were paralyzed in Well, this. rightly so. You know, I, I'll agree with that. Like, this this chief slowly guy... Aptly uh, named. The very apt, appropriately named chief slowly, moved so slowly. That was a complete failure of policing. Uh, Malcolm in Vancouver. Malcolm, we got a minute here. You know what? I was going to grab my referee's whistle and uh, think I was at a rugby match for a second there. That was great. Uh, I think of the Liberal and the NDP parties both as the, the three witches out of Macbeth. 
Bubble Bubble, <laughs> Toil and Trouble. They all have a blend of every sort of political stripe. The NDP have got probably left-leaning liberals to Marxists. The liberals have got all free enterprise and liberals. The liberal party itself died when Gordon Campbell took over back in the uh, his early stages when he brought the conservative mob in. Now they're going to be, it's almost like they're going to fall apart because that infrastructure is going. Mm. We need a strong okay. well, uh, uh, free enterprise party? Yes. Thank you for the call. Well, it, it, again, the, historically, this is a free enterprise coalition, the B.C. Liberals, which took over from the Social Credit Party. It's always got some tensions within, and we'll see how this party develops. As they change their name to B.C. United, does it become, continue to be the free enterprise coalition, or does it tilt one way or another? 